This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Bunny Michael. Connecting to your higher self is an unlearning process. Unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. Success, fulfilling relationships, self-acceptance, inner peace, all of that begins when we realize that that is what we deserve, what we've always deserved. Aligning with your higher self is an awakening process and it is no easy feat. But as you will learn from the callers on this podcast, our journeys might look different, but our path is the same. Welcome to XO Higher Self. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 109. I hope you had an awesome week. It's snowing here in upstate New York, and I love it. I love being cozy inside of a house where you look outside the window and there's snow and you're like under a blanket and you're drinking some tea or hot chocolate or something. I mean, it is just like my absolute vibe. It's my sweet space. That and then like in the middle of summer when you're laying on the beach and you got like a frozen drink in your hand. Those are my two happy places, (laughs) my most happy places. So I hope wherever you are that you had a awesome week. Um, and that you took care of yourself and that you were nice to yourself and, and you took it easy on yourself. I know that like us that are on this path, sometimes we can be our biggest critics because, you know, we want to keep awakening, we want to keep growing, we want to be accountable, we want to like heal. But I think we also have to be weary of that voice that's like always trying to say that we're not enough and that voice being transferred into like our healing space and and making sure that we're like, no, you don't belong here. This is not the place. Like, get out of here with that stuff. Like <laughs> healing is not a place for I'm not good enough. I mean, nowhere is really, but I think that I'm not good enough or I'm not doing enough part coming into our spiritual life is like really sneaky and sometimes you don't notice it. Uh, So being really diligent about being like totally self-compassionate and kind and patient with yourself is, is the way to make sure uh, that you are, you know, healing. (laughs) All right, everybody, let's get to the questions. The following question was submitted on our site. Hi, Bunny. I hope it's okay that I'm writing this instead of speaking as the thought of recording a voice memo was too overwhelming. So I'm trying to quit smoking. I've been trying for about a year now. 
The problem is that whenever I quit, I become really angry and jealous, which is really an evil cycle. I'm going to therapy for my anger issues, and I've come a long way with jealousy too. What I'm worried about is my boyfriend seeing boobs. A little more than two years ago, when my boyfriend and I first started dating, I asked him if boobs turned him on, and he said yes. Though I appreciate his honesty, it's really stuck with me. We have since had several talks about this, and he reassures me that other people's boobs don't turn him on and that he's able to see them as just body parts. I really want to trust him, but he has broken my trust a couple of times. It's been almost a year since the last time, but I'm having a hard time getting over it. Every time he has broken my trust, his intentions have been good. He wanted to avoid hurting me. How do I forgive him and trust him? I'm currently worried about going to the beach, even though it's November and I'm Scandinavian, so people don't really go swimming anymore, at least not topless. This fear is becoming a big problem and I'm really struggling. Any reply and advice is greatly appreciated. I love you and your podcast. Thank you. Hi, my love. Well, first of all, you should be really proud of yourself for working on your inner healing, going to therapy, addressing your attachment to smoking and coming to these realizations and, and noticing when your jealous issues come up and and rather than just thinking, oh, this is how I should be and r- noticing and, and realizing that you are part of the contribution of this dynamic. And that's really what it means to be on the path of our higher self is to look inward and say, okay, I'm going to be accountable. What's my contribution to this? Like, how can I take charge and and find a way to break free of these things, of, of these this imprisonment of, of fear? And there's a lot of things that contribute to feelings of jealousy. Being jealous is very understandable, whether it's jealousy about your partner being with somebody else or jealousy about another person's career success or, you know, jealousy with the sibling and all of these types of things like that. Those feelings are very understandable because we were all raised in a culture that taught us we needed to compete. And especially if you were socialized as female, a lot of that messaging is also that your value is equal to how you look, right? You're, we spend so much time being objectified constantly in popular culture Maybe you were treated that way growing up. And so when you have this conditioning, when you feel like your value really is in your body parts, it also becomes very easy for you to be insecure about your body, for you to be jealous of other people's bodies, for you to be comparing yourself to other people's bodies. And this is something that is very, very common. And and a lot of times this stuff happens unconsciously. What I think is really important to remember, and this is before we get into the relationship dynamic, this is just, you know, our personal stuff with comparison and jealousy is that from the higher self perspective, beauty is a spectrum and everybody is, is beautiful because everybody has value, but we live in a culture where we have so much tunnel vision over what is beautiful and what isn't. 
rather than being able to see the full spectrum of beauty and the awakening process. When you awaken to see the love and value in all beings, you begin to see the full spectrum of beauty in all people. And I have this meme, I forgot exactly what the word is, but I say like me, I wish I was a rare beauty, higher self, everybody's beautiful. Being able to see the full spectrum of beauty is rare. Have you ever noticed that when you fall in love with somebody, when you love somebody and the more and more you love them, the more beautiful they get? And that's not because their physical body is changing and <laughs> to form this very specific type. No, it's because you see something within them. You see their inner light and it's radiating outside and you can just see and sense that beauty. And essentially true beauty is really being able to recognize a higher self and other people like that. That's true beauty. There's beauty standards, which is a whole other category that is uh, created by culture. And that has changed at different times in our history. You know, one century, it's like bigger bodies. The next, it's like smaller bodies. You know, at one time, body hair was it. Then it's like now body hair, isn't it? You know, so there's all of these rules and a lot of that stuff we could go on forever is based on patriarchy, racism, and all of that over there. So that's beauty standards over there. But true beauty is recognizing the inherent value in all people and seeing their higher self radiate outward. So when we talk about attraction, we have to recognize that when we are in a relationship with somebody else and when it's a monogamous relationship, when we choose to be committed to only one person physically, that does not mean that all of a sudden everybody else in the world becomes unattractive. It doesn't mean that everybody else uh, all of a sudden goes lower on the pole of beauty. It doesn't. What it means is that you and your higher self and your partner's higher self recognize each other to such an intimacy that it totally fills you up and you realize that building on that intimacy is actually where you find joy. Connecting in that one place in focusing into that space of connection with in intimacy with just that person is feeding your soul. And so you make a choice to commit to that collaboration, to that bond, to that love. But that doesn't mean you will never have any type of attraction to another person or be able to understand that another person is attractive because on a very real level when you are doing your inner healing you start recognizing the inherent beauty in all people but understanding that people are attractive is not the same thing as wanting to have sex with them understanding that people are attractive is not the same thing as wanting to cheat on your partner or you know comparing your partner to that other person and we start to really get off track 
when we lose sight of our partner's autonomous being, when we start, because of our fears of abandonment, because, you know, our insecurities and when we're in that fear state, we're not seeing our partners through the lens of our higher self. We're not seeing our partner's higher self. All we are seeing them as the person who could or could not hurt us. And so we need them to behave a certain way or say a certain thing at the right time in order to soothe that fear. Not recognizing that most of that fear is coming from inside of ourselves. But when we put on that lens of learned hierarchical beliefs or or those or insecurities, you know, those cultural those fears and and our own fear of not being good enough. It's like putting on glasses, right? It's like our LHBs are like these glasses, this filter with which we see ourselves in the world and our partner. And it's through a filter of fear of not being enough. And you put on those glasses and you ask your partner, are you attracted to something? You know, are you attracted to boobs? When you have those glasses on and then your partner says, yeah, I'm attracted to breasts. I think breasts are beautiful. It's like, oh my God, like red flag, like sirens going off. Like, you know what? I'm going to take this and, and make it to equal. I'm not good enough. And that's how jealousy works. But when you take off that filter and you are centered in your higher self where you know you're good enough, where you trust your value and you see the inherent value in your partner, then your partner can say, well, yeah, I find boobs attractive, but your boobs are my favorite. Your boobs are the most beautiful boobs I've ever seen in my life. You know, like you recognize they're a human being. They're a human being. And when you constantly put on that those glasses of your conditioning, your LHBs, and when you're, those are unconscious and when you're not actively trying to let go of that stuff or at least be aware that that stuff is there, that's when trust, trust starts to deteriorate in a relationship because your partner doesn't want to hurt you. Your partner doesn't want to make you jealous. Your partner doesn't want you to feel bad, doesn't want to cause problems. And so out of that, fear of you getting mad or hurt, sharing stuff becomes scarier. Being honest becomes scarier. And then, so you end up not being fully honest because you're afraid to be fully honest. And then, you know, that's just further proof that you're untrustworthy and this horrible cycle keeps going on where there is both people in the relationship are behaving from a place of fear rather than love. So when you recognize that your jealousy and that fear thought does not mean that it's true or that it's useful, and when you start to feel that anger and that jealousy arising, you can take a deep breath and take a step back and be like, okay, what is this really about right now? Is this really about... Uh, me imagining us going to the beach and for months from now, or is this really about a deep fear that I have with myself of not being good enough? And how can I actually get to the source 
of this anger, the source of this fear right now, instead of projecting it on some imaginary person at some imaginary time in the future. It's a lot easier to project our our fears of not being good enough on other things because then we can just try to fix those outside things and hopefully it'll solve it. But when you're in that place, there's really nothing anybody can do to make you completely feel secure because that security actually comes from within. That doesn't mean your partner can't recognize it and respect it and be compassionate about it and, you know, be honest with you and and um, be accountable. But that's not enough. It takes also you being committed to realizing that you are projecting a lot of those fears onto your partner, onto that relationship, and it's harming it. It's harming it. And it's putting your partner in a place where they don't feel like they can be completely uh, forthcoming. And even if they are, even if they're telling you something that they know is true, you keep asking because you keep not trusting them, right? So I'm really glad that you're in therapy and I just want you to know that like jealousy is a big one and I've been there. I used to have a real issue with jealousy. And what helped me wasn't, uh, you know, a shift outside of myself because I had partners who were totally honest and faithful and yet I would still not trust them. It was when I started to recognize, okay, this wound is actually about me and I'm not going to shame myself about it, but when it does come up, I'm going to recognize that it might not be telling me the truth and just take it one day at a time. And over time, the less you shame yourself about it, the more inner work you do, more healing you do, it lessens. It lessens its control over you. So you're doing everything right. You know, you're really trying to work on yourself. You're going to therapy, you're healing, you're writing into this podcast. You're a very, very loving and caring and thoughtful person. And you want your relationship to work and you obviously really care about your partner. But right now, what this issue really is about isn't your partner and it's not about your relationship. It's about healing your own wounds. It's about recognizing your patriarchal conditioning. It's about accepting that your partner is not just the role of your partner, but is also their own individual with their own thoughts and feelings. And they also have a private life and that's okay. They can have thoughts they don't always share too, and that's okay. Just like you do, you know, I'm sure if your partner asked you this or this, this question, this question, this question, who, did you find that guy attractive? Do you find that guy attractive? You know, it's just like, at a certain point, we just have to have healthy boundaries and say, is this useful in my relationship right now? Can I just trust that we love each other and we're in the present moment right now, just trying to be there for each other and trying to make this work? So I'm sending you so much love and you can do this. We're all there with you. We're all healing together. And I know your future is super bright. Take care. 
This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Content warning. The following question mentions eating disorders. Hi, Bunny. Um, this is Lisanne. I'm calling from the Netherlands. And so I want to really say I appreciate your podcast. It's been really helpful and like getting a perspective on other people's problems and being able to relate to that is really it's been making life a little bit less lonely um and well I kind of wanted to ask you about learning how to handle being an adult I'm 21 years old and life has just really been hard. Um, trigger warning, by the way, um, I've been recovering, trying to recover from an eating disorder for the past two years. And it's just a constant battle of relapsing and trying to get better and then getting to a point of not wanting to anymore and getting kind of kind of out of hand that I started to like get into substance abuse as well and it's not life is just really weird and I don't feel like it's mine anymore. I feel very out of touch with myself and my body, I, I, I'm just kind of at a point that I don't know what to do anymore, and I really want to find connection with people around me, and like I have good people around me. Some of my friends are really nice, but I'm just too scared to open up, or feel like they wouldn't understand, and I'm very scared of telling someone my issues and them belittling them or not understanding them and only making things worse. I'm sorry, this is just a very long voice now and if it doesn't really make any sense. Anyway, like I'm really curious how you managed to get through your 20s and also dealing with a lot of mental health issues feel like I don't know how to feel my feelings and that's why I go turn to all these coping mechanisms that in the end only make it worse but I just don't know how to get out of this cycle and yeah I would really like some advice on being an adult and how to get through it and you know wonder how you got to the point of being okay with your emotions and your body that you don't feel like you have to resort to other coping strategies that only ruin you. 
Thank you. And I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a really lovely day or week or night or whenever you hear this. Bye. Hi, love. I'm sorry that you're struggling right now. And I'm sorry that you're feeling lonely or feeling isolated in your problems. And I know in lots of ways how you feel. And I'm sure a lot of people listening right now do too, because a lot of us struggle with uh, our coping mechanisms, unhealthy coping mechanisms, with mental health, um, trauma, and that manifests differently for us. But I think ultimately, like what we're all trying to do right now is awaken to our self-worth and at the same time survive. And that's not easy to do in a world that is largely unhealed and trying to heal yourself in an unhealed world. It takes basically superhero powers. And I think that we are all superheroes for uh, being willing to look within and to take accountability for that um, and put our life into our own hands. But that doesn't mean that it's easy. And number one, I think that we have to never shame ourselves for struggling uh, with that stuff because it isn't easy. And all of the things that we have used uh, as coping mechanisms were just our desire and our trying to be okay and our trying to survive. And um, it's totally understandable, especially if you haven't been given the resources or the support uh, to make a different choice. And so I hope that you, I don't think you mentioned if you were in therapy, but definitely if you uh, are struggling with eating disorder, substance abuse, like you do need to be in therapy, do need to be um, getting some professional help, um, whether that's group therapy or one-on-one. -on -one. And there are a lot of resources uh, out there for that. And I also just want to say that one thing I found helpful, you know, for me, uh, my 20s were also really, really tough. And I struggled a lot with uh, substances. And um, I was also in a mental health hospital when uh, I was a teenager, when I was an adolescent. Um, so there was many, many years uh, before I started doing this work that were pretty dark and really hard. And, and I've talked a little bit about this on the podcast, but what I think is something that really helped me to keep going and to wake up every day and, uh, and to, you know, to put one foot in front of the other is, is, is realizing that all of that stuff, like all of my wounds, all of my addictions, all of my trauma, all of that stuff is part of my human experience, but ultimately it isn't who I am and it isn't who you are. You are a divine being that is part of all creation. And this is the identity of our higher self. Our higher self is our eternal nature. It is our divine creative love with which we, uh, were created from and um, that connects all 
all creation in the universe is all a part of, and we are one with all living beings on this very other um, higher dimensional level. And I know that this is like a very abstract concepts, but I think that when you really hone into your heart, you can absolutely sense this within all of us. And many people feel it in their heart space. They can sense this this timelessness, this eternal nature, and, and a lot of people will call it spirit, this part of us where we can feel and sense that there's something so much more than the story of our what our five senses can sense, <laughs> what, what we can like physically touch or physically see in this, in this three-dimensional world. We can sense that we come from something that is beyond here. And that is where we will return when we leave these forms. And that inner nature is also like our inner wisdom is the, the spirit is the part of us that gets up and says, no, today I'm going to try today. I'm going to give it my best today. I'm going to show up to therapy today. I'm going to not be mean to myself today. I'm going to address these wounds today. I'm going to um, let myself rest today. I'm going to work on my art today. I'm going to be really, really kind to myself. What is driving that is our higher self, is our essential nature that knows and is conscious of our wholeness that knows that we are here as a gift to this world. We are here, we have been brought here to this planet to manifest and to awaken to our worth because that is the transformation of this world. The transformation of this world is us awakening to our inherent worth, our value, our divinity, and bringing that divinity to this dimension, to this world in order to transform it. And we have, I believe this in my heart, been sent here for that purpose. That doesn't mean that we're only here to save, you know, we're, we're responsible for saving the world. No. What it means is that we're responsible for saving ourselves. And that doesn't mean that all of our wounds go away or all of the trauma goes away or, you know, we're not still affected by our conditioning or those thoughts or our LHBs. Yes, that's like part of the terrain that we have to withstand. That's all part of the terrain of being in these human forms. What we're awakening is the awareness that is underneath all of that that knows that that isn't the full story. Within us is our divine nature that is holding all of that stuff with absolute compassion. And it is our drive to heal it. And the only way we keep going is to acknowledge what our truth really is. We are not defined by that terrain, by these human experiences, by the cards we've been dealt, by the form, by the body we're in. That's just part of the curriculum. 
that's just the the dirt on the journey or, you know, the fabric. It's not the essence of it. It's not the essence of who we are. Our higher selves hold all of that stuff with absolute compassion and, and our higher selves honor it. But also know that we are in a transformation. We are becoming conscious of ourselves. And it's a really beautiful time to be alive because of that. It's a really beautiful time to be a human because of that. We are all so important. We're all so important. And the best part about it, even though like these are like really big concepts, like this idea of like saving ourselves, is that the only way to do it is to literally just be present and say, I'm okay. I'm enough. Like, it's so simple. It's all right here. It's always been here. It's in you. It never left. It's your truth. You are enough. You're more than enough. You're divine. And you're part of something that is so amazing. I don't have no words, no language uh, could. It's ultimately unnameable. Because there are no words to describe our magnificence, the magnificence that we are a part of. And I know that a lot of you listening to this right now can feel it, feel what I'm saying inside of you. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. That is the space with which I'm talking about. So I am sending you so much love and recognition for your struggles and knowing that you're not alone and that you absolutely deserve all of the tools, all of the support, all the encouragement. That's part of this story. That's the world we're trying to create. And the way to do that is to acknowledge that that's what we deserve. That's what everybody deserves. So being a human is like a roller coaster. Sometimes you're up high, sometimes you're down low. That's the nature of the experience. But underneath it is the eternal truth of who you are. And every day choosing to actively recognize that within yourself is what sustains you. And ultimately what will heal you and ultimately bring you the joy that is your inherent nature. I'm sending you so much love. The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. Thank you for the lovely work that you do. You inspire me a whole lot. I just wish I could navigate through this crazy life like you do. Okay, I'll get right into it. I was seeing this guy for a while from Tinder, and I feel I romanticized us being a couple. I'm usually straightforward with what I want, and in the past, I've only wanted to have flings with guys, but recently, I just want to settle down. I made it clear to him, and I really hated that it seemed... I was waiting for him to decide because it just felt like a competition or a power dynamic between the both of us. I'm not used to this and it hurt me a bit. He kept on saying he liked me and I'm the right person for him, but he was just not ready for a commitment. 
He's also an introvert that loves his alone time, which makes me feel upset that he doesn't want to hang out with me. Deep down, I was not even sure I like him, but just really craved being in a relationship. We had 15 days in between our birthdays and his birthday was before mine. I made more sacrifices for him on his birthday than he did for mine. This made me feel really bad, so I ended up blocking him. The question I have now is, do you think it's mean I blocked him to heal, forgetting all that we've been through because my friends keep saying it was a harsh thing to do? I also want to unblock him at the same time because he's a good friend, but I feel I might come off toxic or crazy. Bunny, I don't know what to do. Any advice will mean so much. Hi, love. I think dating culture right now, it's really easy to approach it from a very dehumanizing place because the apps uh, encourage that, you know, we get so used to making quick judgments on people. There's so many people on the apps and you're just like swiping, swiping, no, yes, no, yes. And and it doesn't really uh, equate to a very authentic experience a lot of the time. And not to mention our culture is very toxic about romance and often we are looking at our dates or potential mates as people who can uh, either check all the boxes or they don't. Um, A lot of times dating is approached from a very competitive place where there's winners and there's losers Um, and everything is kind of just seen from this hierarchical lens. So when you're in that state, it becomes very easy to like only see things through this power dynamic. And like you said, you felt very insecure when you had to wait for his answer about wanting to take things for further uh, that created a power dynamic that made you feel insecure. And that's what happens when you're looking at the situation from that lens, from this idea that, This is some kind of competition where one person uh, is on top at one point or or not on top at one point. And then you start projecting all of those insecurities on the situation. You get all in your head, you get all afraid, and you really lose sight of that person being in a totally autonomous being who has their own fears, insecurities, their own past, their own wounds, um, who struggles just like you, who is just trying to be happy and find joy in life just like you. And you lose sense of the humanity in the situation and you only see them on as this person who's either going to fulfill this role or not, who's either going to make you feel good about yourself or not. And you don't stop to think, you know, maybe this person is taking time to, to, to understand what it is they want because they actually want to be responsible in this choice. They actually want to make sure that they're in the right place in their life or that we're compatible or they think it would actually work. And I also feel like you expected him to rush into it because you sort of rushed into it because you decided that's what you wanted when you even admitted that deep down you weren't even really sure if you liked him. So you made a quick choice that you were just going to go for it without actually being totally sure if you were compatible. And he didn't make that quick choice. But in your mind, that was like insulting to you. So 
getting in that uh, mind frame is really, really easy in our toxic dating culture right now, where we do all of this objectification, where it's all about roles, where it's all about winning and losing. So I'm not saying you should beat yourself up for that or anything like that, but I want you to recognize where you were coming from when you made that choice. In many ways, you were coming from a place of uh, looking through that lens of hierarchy rather than understanding that you are good enough and he's good enough. And this isn't an issue about one person being better than the other. It's just a issue of compatibility and and whether or not you are compatible. And you also mentioned that he's an introvert and that already bugged you. So I think there was already some compatibility issues that weren't necessarily lining up. And maybe this was something that he was also contemplating. Maybe he could also sense that you didn't necessarily really like him, but you wanted a relationship that could also have been a factor of him needing to take time. So people are complex and they bring their stuff with them to all relationships. And it's never really just as simple as, oh, this person is not good enough for me or I'm not good enough for them. Like it's not, it's not that way. It's not black and white that way. It's a whole, it's a whole complex, human beings are complex. And I also think that power dynamic that that view, that lens of power dynamic and competition was also present when it comes to the birthday stuff because you worded it like you sacrificed more for him on his birthday. And I think when you're approaching stuff from that competitive nature, uh, you do see giving as a sacrifice Because from the higher self perspective, you get what you give. In other words, like you give because you wanted to, because it made you happy to give, because it was an expression of love, not because you thought you needed to sacrifice something of yours in order to like see how much he would sacrifice to give to you. And I just want to point out that From the higher self perspective, it's a complete 180. It's not uh, a sacrifice, right? It's um, giving is the same as receiving. So look, this isn't about shaming your choices or saying you did it wrong. It's really about pointing out two different lenses with which we can approach relationships, which we can approach getting to know somebody, approach dating approach that because I can tell that this experience actually didn't make you feel good. You don't feel good about it. You're now you're questioning yourself. You're questioning if you should have blocked him and thought, thought maybe it was too harsh. Your friends thought it was too harsh. And I don't know if it's necessarily too harsh. I, I, what I'm concerned about is if this is good for you, I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned about you being able to actually have joyful experiences with people and keep your heart open and realize that you are a gift to this world and so are other people. And getting to know another person isn't a competition. And if you're not compatible, you're not compatible. That's one thing. But it doesn't mean that you lost or you were rejected. Um, It doesn't mean that you rejected him. Now, 
because you felt rejected for the birthday thing. So then you blocked him as a rejection. You're just like kind of going back and forth, trying to be more powerful than each other, right? So all of that stuff, that power dynamic actually isn't real. It's all in your head. It's it's all uh, projections of insecurities. And what I want you is to just take a step back and ask yourself, what is it that I really want from a relationship? Like, do I want just an ego boost or do I actually want to grow and see the humanity in people and see the love in people and keep my heart open to experience joy and be present and not make assumptions on people and have healthy boundaries. And it's a different frame of mind. This isn't about right or wrong. This is literally about what's actually going to serve you in your life. You know, the higher self path, like, yes, it's a spiritual path, but in a very real way, it's also the common sense path. It's also the path of like truth. Like it actually doesn't make us happy to be approaching life from a hierarchical perspective. It's incredibly stressful to be constantly trying to compete with other people, trying to uh, put other people down or you know, boost our own egos by convincing us that we're better than other people. You know, looking at life through that hierarchical lens is stressful, it's painful, and you miss out on some really great experiences. And that's all I'm trying to say. You know, I don't want you to miss out on the joy of getting to know somebody authentically and not in terms of what they're going to do for you. And ironically, when you approach it like that, you realize how much people do want to do (laughs) for you because they feel accepted by you. So you don't have to unblock him. If you feel called to unblock him, I wouldn't just unblock him and not say anything. I think it would have to be a choice of like, I'm going to unblock him and reach out to him and say, I'm sorry that I got so upset. Um, I think you're a nice person and, and I wish you well, or just keep him blocked and just, you know, keep it moving. But I don't think it's a, it's, it should be like unblock him and, and see if he does anything or he says anything and, and keeping into this like game, this competitive game. I don't think that would be useful or enjoyable. So we've all been there, right? The dating world is not easy. A lot of people approach it this way. A lot of people do. And it's easy to get wrapped up in that perspective. And that's why we do this work here. We remind each other, like, that's not the thing, you know? It actually isn't really fun either, (laughs) So I'm wishing you all the best. That wraps up this week's episode. Thank you to everybody for listening, to everyone who's been sending in their questions. I promise I will try to get to all of them. Enjoy your week. Take care of yourself. Be kind. Be patient. 
Ironically, like love and kindness and compassion and patience are actually like the best fuel for <laughs> doing the things that you have to do because then you have this like layer of uh, de-stress about all of the things and you know you can be like whatever I can do today is enough and, and honestly it makes doing everything so much easier trust me I know this I know telling yourself you're good enough no matter what you get done makes getting the things done so much more peaceful and so much more sustainable so give yourself that gift this week all right I love you so much and so does your higher self and we will see you next time Bye.